I, I'm going through one ask my mom over here. Let me tell you, just had cause that just oh be brain for me. And Miss Miss Frida knows I contacted her, mighty warrior back there, to start praying for me too. The Lord told me the other day, I'm gonna take you through a test, daughter, that a test like you've never been through before, but I need you to go through this test so I can take you to a new level. Don't believe what other people are telling me because I got you. I need you to go hang on to every single promise. So when the enemy comes in and tries to tell you lies, build up that stronghold, you remember. I have the last word. I'm still on my throne. So God told me and my husband, me and my husband, not just me, me and my husband, I need you to go ahead and quit your full-time jobs and I got you over here. And I'm like, oh my God. But he's been telling me for a year I'm taking my, my hand of favor off of this company. To bless you, I got to bless them. And they're not living for me. So I'm going to open other doors for you that you're going to walk through, but you need to trust me. Now what kind of picture have you got of me? Who are you in me now? So it, it work, has been, work was going good. I was like, so I, I told my boss, I've been, now, now this ain't just like a fly by night, okay? This, I've been here for 16 years. That's where my pride come in. So I'm like, well, I can't tell her because, you know, I do everything for the company, literally. And just nobody else can do it. And one of the team members, Carol, she ain't here today. She she just kind of just blitted her out. You need to deal with your pride. I'm like, you got no pride. <laughs> that right there showed that I had pride. <laughs> she said, she like, you need to deal with your pride. <laughs> pray about that. So I went home, and of course, you know, it's on the I went in my prayer room. I said, oh, Lord, okay, Lord. Do I have pride? Immediately. Yes. You think nobody in this, war, in this job can do it better than you can. Or can do it, period. That's pride. See how it comes in all shapes and forms? So anyway, uh, the stronghold that I couldn't, I, I had this mindset of God, and, and what, what I did is I put him in a little box mm -hmm. and, and, and with, with restrictions. I trust him, let me tell you. But when the Lord told me, this is, this is a test, mm -hmm. just like he gave Job, he, he knew Job was going to pass the test, mm -hmm. but he had to bring Job to a new level. So he says, this is a test because where I'm taking you, I have to know you're going to trust me. So the 25th, I told my boss, well, we're going to be looking for other jobs. That was the most scariest text I have ever. I didn't even call her. I just texted her. <laughs> I was obedient, though. I told her. The 25th, you ready for this? The 25th, I even showed, I even showed my mom over there. I sent that text. At, okay, we got an email for a job. All jobs come through me. Um, we got a job at 710. I told her at 1038, we have not got one job since then. Through my, through my work. Not one job since the 25th. Tuesday the 25th at 1038 a.m. So see, God says, I need you to trust me. But what kind of picture do we have about God? What kind of lies have we believed? What, what stuff are we holding on to that we don't trust him with? 
What test is he putting you through that could be stopping you from going to the le next level? We need frontline warriors in these last days. We don't want the ones that are hanging out in the back. Oh, he's not bothering me. I'm okay back here. My sister told me, I asked her about heaven. God says to ask her about the kingdom. Ask her if she wants to get into heaven. So I asked her, and she's like, I'll be okay to just get toe up in there. I'm like, I, I, my flesh wants to think, you don't even deserve being heaven. But I knew that wasn't it, okay? Because is she going to treat my God like that? But I know God loves her. I said, God, give me the right answers for her. And he said, all you can do is be the fruit. What's your fruit? So I told her, I said, well, you know in the Bible where it says you can go down the, you can go down the wide road, leads to destruction, or you can go down the narrow road, few will find it. Well, I stopped her in her tracks when I told her I don't want to go down either one of those roads. She thought I was with her with the toe. I said, because you know what? If I am, the, if that's what I am aiming for, I definitely don't want to go down the wide road. If I'm aiming for that narrow road, to me, that's too wide for me. Because my goal is to go through the eye of the needle. That's how, but when I don't want to just make it into heaven. I want to, I want the, you know, I want to have a celebration. He wait for me. He done prepared a room for me. I'm going to be ushered in there. I'm not just going to barely make it. But, you know, so who, who is God? I want you to think about that. I want God, I want Holy Spirit to, to uh, invade you a little bit. Give you a picture of how you see God. Do you trust him with everything? Or has the enemy come in and built up strongholds of who he is? Now, there's a lot of strongholds. Stronghold is anything that we run to. And we justify it. People who drink, well, she shouldn't have made me mad. I go over here and take this drink, give me, you know, temporary satisfaction. I forget about her because if I don't drink this drink, how many times do you If I don't drink this drink, I might do something over here. Okay? Smoking. Stronghold, we run to it. That's also a willful sin. People don't think that. It's a willful sin. This is Holy Temple here. Okay? So, you know, it could be lying. It could be, you know, um, you don't trust God. It could be a stronghold lie. You can't trust him. He didn't help you through this, that, or the other. Don't trust that God. Because I'm a God who can give you all false blessings. Because when I went to Miss Lori... I, st I still have strongholds. I mean, it, it, you know what? I take out my book, which is very thick. This is just, this is my secondary book. <laughs> like this thick. I take that out. I'm like, Lord, show me. Let me tell you. I have to be doing deliverance, pulling down strongholds, casting out demons. But that's what he told us to do in Mark 16, right? These are the fruits that will follow. These are the signs. You will cast out demons, heal the sick, raise people from the dead. You know, so I, I'll be going through there, and it wasn't that long ago that I had to do strongholds. So strongholds are huge. When I went to Miss Lori, I had a whole, I, I think I had the walls of Jericho put up. Because I'm going to be behind them, and ain't nobody going to get to me. And each one of those little blocks, so I want y'all to vision your stronghold, each one of those little blocks. Lie, lie, deception, deception, lie, unforgiveness, whatever it is. That's what the enemy is building. Every single block, he's building a wall around you. 
which is a separation between you and God. And until you can't, until you tear down them strongholds, you're going to make yourself a little fortress that you're going to hide behind so nobody can see you, see what you're walking through. God knows there ain't no secrets in the spiritual realm. God and Satan knows what you're doing. You know, we this uh, I had this lady one time. She even she told uh, she was sitting there and um, we you know just talking to her. And I I asked her how her prayer life is. And she goes, "Well, I, I pray, I pray." I'm like, "Well, that's good." I wasn't too confident, but yeah, I, I, I said, "That's good." How do you pray? Well, I pray in my car, and I'm like, "Well, why do you pray in your car?" Well, because I can't pray in my house because then Satan will know I'm praying. I'm like, Satan already knows you're praying. I mean, there's no secrets. He knows what you're doing. God knows what you're doing. You can go in the bathroom and you can be cousin somebody else. God knows. You can come out here and go in there and be gossiping somebody on your phone. So what do you run to? What do you run to in your life? What seems like something that's just reoccurring over and over and over again? Unrepented sin? Lies that you believed? Unforgiveness? Do you see something being handed down? It could be a generational stronghold. Do you see, you know, uh, addiction? It's a stronghold. You keep running back to it, running back to it, running back to it. The only thing is God's saying, stop running. You know, we try to sit there and tell it to go away. It's not going to go away. Only God can pull down a stronghold. But it takes us to want to give it to him. But God is big. God is, God is mighty. And the last one is... The last stronghold is where we see ourselves incorrectly. We don't see ourselves in, in Christ Jesus. We know Christ Jesus is mighty and mighty, but we don't see ourselves in there. We don't see ourselves in that image. We have self-esteem. We don't understand, you know, our own life. We don't understand why we're going through this. We have guilt. We, you know, we can't let our. He's already forgiven our sins. And you know, I don't know why, but maybe somebody needs to hear this in here. This isn't on here, but when God when God forgives us, it's done. Like He says, He don't He don't remember it no more. But we do, we do. How many times do we go back and ask God for forgiveness for the same sin? He's allowed. He He's already let it go. Where we don't let it go. That's how we see ourselves. What sin do you keep running back and asking God to forgive? Take a picture because that's what you see yourself. That's how you see yourself. Shame, guilt. People need to see Christ. But what we do is we take that stronghold, we believe that lie, plants in our mind, and we water it every day. Every day. Because you don't think so-and-so ain't going to come up and say, shh. Uh, remember when you did? That's the enemy trying to remind you because he knows that it's a stronghold and if he can get back in there, he can replant. Yeah. 
Because you've already cultivated the ground. It's time to rip, it's, it's trying to rip these lies out that you, that you believed. We have to know who we are in Christ. We have to know the authority that we are given in Jesus' name. How can we go out there and do his work if we don't even know who we are? And, and you know what? I'm looking at myself too. Because God doesn't see that. God looks down and sees the righteousness of his son. And you know, it's also a sin to believe you're something other than who God says you are. Because really, you're doubting him. You know, there's no doubt that every woman in here, every single one of you individually, knows what you're supposed to do in life. And maybe there's not yet. Maybe some is still seeking what they're supposed to do. What path? But you know what? If you know who your God is, and you know who you are, you will know what you were created to do. But it's the trauma, it's the hurt, it's the unforgiveness, it's the strongholds, it's the sin that we want to walk in and justify that paints our picture for us like a canvas. Because God says you will already know what I wrote in your book because I've already written it on your heart. Funny how he always goes back to that heart condition. When you do a heart check. So, I know that, that like the strongholds, you just gotta kind of see where, where you're at in your strongholds. Look and see where God, uh, you know, has shown you uh, in an area of where you've built up some walls that need to be tore down. You may have to forgive some people before you can tear them down. I'm not sure. Because you know what? This is something he gave me, and I thought this was, this was just like really big here. On the cross of Calvary, God saw every failure, every shortcoming, and every sin you would ever commit. And he has still chose to lay his life down for each of us. He has paid the price for all of our sins, taken it away, nailed it to the cross. You don't need to perform in a perfect manner to win God's approval. Through Christ, you already have it in Christ. But your life is rooted in your understanding that we can trust him. The issue of your value and your worth has already been settled at the cross. All it's doing now is as we go through these, uh, Miss, I don't know if it's Jane is going to come up and talk to you some more. Uh, Lori is. Just think about that. Let Holy Spirit minister to you. Ask God, who am I? Ask God, who are you? He wants to dig us deeper.
just like the worship. Four years ago, I was singing, man, you put some jams on, I would be at the back jamming. It's not about that, he said. We go into a church, I didn't like the worship. Well, when did you make it about you? It ain't even about you. I mean, really? I mean, how many people do that? I really didn't like the sound of the worship today. It just wasn't, uh, well, you need to, that right there, you need to be scared of. Don't agree with it. You need to say, well, when did it become about you? Because in the last time I checked, it was God who we were supposed to be worshiping, not you. So, so look at some pattern of strongholds. Let God to reveal some willful sin in your life. Maybe he's brought some unforgiveness that you need to deal with. Let him show you who you are. Because he's got much more for you than, than, than what you have planned. He wouldn't have you here to get free. If he didn't have, want to take you to a newer level. So for God's sake, give it to him. For his sake, because he needs us. He needs us to be on the front lines. things in, in our own hearts and minds. I would imagine in some cases we've released it as we've been listening. Oh, and that's why the enemy's getting so upset. So Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus Christ, first of all, I ask you to, to wrap around each person sitting in this home. In Jesus' name, wrap a perimeter of protection around every individual sitting here right now in Jesus' name. And make it the, the sort of thing that the enemy would just have to bounce off of if, if, as he would try to do anything about it. I ask you, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, to give a God confidence that, yes, I can do this, yes, I can be free, and I'm standing in the truth in Jesus' name. And then, Father, I would also ask you, would you please put a canopy above this home, and particularly in this room, Father, just, just place a canopy over us, and Lord, I would ask you to make it a canopy of confusion that as the enemy tries to penetrate through it to get to any one individual here, that he'll get caught up in the confusion and not succeed in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise you, Father. Praise you for what you want to do. And Lord, I, I just ask you then, Holy Spirit, to just penetrate into each one to shake us up, shake every one of us here. Whether we've come to here or whether we've come to teach or whatever we've come here for, we all have something we need to release. Yes. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you started. 
And we praise you, Father, that your word says when you begin a good work, you'll complete it. Amen. You'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to, it, it's a little long prayer, a uh, little longer, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to. didn't give Satan the ability to read our minds. So he can't read your mind if you're thinking, oh, I gotta get rid of him. You don't know. But we want to tell him today, we're gonna serve him in his eviction notice. We're gonna tell him no more. We're gonna ask the Lord to tear down these strongholds in Jesus' name. Okay? You don't have to shout it from the rooftops because he can hear a whisper. Okay? So when we get to that, anything that the Lord puts in your mind at that moment is what he wants you to deal with at this moment. Okay? Let's all stand up. Let's stand up. Let's take a stand. This, you know, we're taking a stand. God says stand and stand firm. Influence. Influence. He wants. He wants to bring against me. To 
Lord. Lord, I repent of having. I repent of having wrong attitude. Wrong attitudes and thoughts. And thoughts. I renounce. I renounce them now. Them now. And ask your forgiveness. And I ask your forgiveness. I lose. I lose every old. Every old wrong pattern. Wrong pattern of thinking. Of thinking. Attitude. Attitude. Idea. Idea. Desire. Desire. Belief. Belief. Habit, habit, and behavior, and behavior that may still, that may still be working in me. Working in me. I tear down, I tear down, crush, crush, smash, smash, and destroy, and destroy every stronghold, every stronghold I have erected, I have erected to protect them, to protect them. I bind myself, I bind myself to the attitude, I to the attitude. Just a moment, and I had to change wording to say it. 
make me willing to be willing to let him go. Now, <laughs> you know, under these things that are heavy like that, and things that are difficult to do, God always has a surprise for you uh, that brings lightness to your heart and your mind. And also, I might add, brings you much closer to him. It, it, it creates an intimacy with him that nothing else could have done. Now, in this case, I had to work with this person every day. He was my authority. And I had to, to be obedient. And I could be in a board meeting with him, and he would do or say one of the things I had on my list, or something that I didn't have on my list that needed to be. <laughs> and all, now this, catch this, if you don't catch anything else I say, catch this. All I had to do was say that to God. Because God and I knew what I was talking about, because we did business before. And all I had to do was say that too, that too. And what that did was create, uh, I could sit next to the man and talk to God and say that to God. And I would do that out under my breath in a whisper. And, and the, the intimacy with God is phenomenal. And you know what? I, I was reminded just the other night when I could not sleep. And I was one bit sleepy. And I had a number of heavy things on my mind. I said, well, I guess I just need to be up praying the answers on this. No. He had me awaken up because he wanted me to fellowship with him. And I started to ask questions, and I wasn't getting it. He was like, Poop. nothing. I said, okay, what, what do you got me up for? So I got one of my older Bibles out for days when I taught a lot of Bible studies, and I had them well marked and, you know, dates and, and things that God did. And I sat there all night long and read through my Bible, through Psalms and Proverbs and Galatians and Ephesians and Colossians and some of my favorites, and I read it entirely. And all I did was rejoice and thank him for the different answers I'd seen over the years. And it was sweetest time, because it takes time to let him talk to you like this. And I get myself so busy in the day, he probably said, okay, if you don't want to do that, you can get up now. <laughs> I'm not sleeping, so let's get up now. So we did that. And it was the most precious time. So I share these precious things with you so you know what you could be missing. And I know, I know that we all have things like that that happen from time to time, but for it to become a lifestyle, and to allow it to show you what you need to release. And unforgiveness hangs on like a metal to me like magnet to metal. And we have to look at it, we have to acknowledge it, we have to admit it. I'm not saying, again, that, that you have to be totally ready, but, but I am asking you, are you willing to be made willing to let God release. And if you have something that you think, oh, I don't, that's not really real, then don't let the enemy get away with that. Be real. Be real. What does he want you to do? What does he want you to release right now? And I'm not talking about a whole list of things like I had to do for, at that moment, but what is he putting on your heart right now? Because what he brings to your mind right now is what you need to deal with right now. And we'll find, too, that that um, it doesn't necessarily all get done all at once. Sometimes we, there's levels. You know, you've heard the expression, peeling that purple onion. And it takes more than one time. 
it does take more than one time, just as much as my sitting in a board meeting with this man and saying that to God. So I can concentrate on what my job is supposed to be and not be harboring if he did it again. That is temptation. See, there he goes, God, I told you what he's doing. No, that's not where our mind is supposed to go. It's supposed to go on what God is telling you and what he wants you to do. So right now I know that you know what you know. That you've got something in the forgiveness area because it's been mentioned too many times today. And I had that message before we got here. And when we got together and talked about it before we came here, we all agreed. So we came in here in agreement. And again, when I watched your joy in the Lord, I thought, well, these folks don't need this. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And I had to sit over here and let the Holy Spirit work on me and say, you just do what I told you to do. Not meaning to offend anyone, and you know that. I, I trust you know that. But are you willing to be willing? I'm willing to be ready. Okay. So, Father, I just lift these precious ones up to you. You know what's going on in all of our hearts and all of our minds. And God, I want to thank you so much for steering me through some very, very deep waters. Praise you for that. And I praise you that, that to just come and bring this to you isn't just dropping. And it's not okay what the other person did. But I thank you that the prayer says for you to get the vengeance as you so choose. So, Father, help them now and help us, all of us. Help me. If there's anything here that I need to release to, I'm willing to do that. So thank you for what you started by bringing this here and what you're going to complete. We praise your holy, holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I have a prayer here that I'd like you to repeat after me, I think. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I couldn't find one of my notes. God's God. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you would.
your hands. Into your hands. For you to get vengeance. For you to get vengeance. As you so choose. As you so choose. I forgive. I forgive. I put the name in there again. From my heart. From my heart. For all the things they did. For all the things they did. Or did not do. Or did not do. Because you, Heavenly Father, have already forgiven me. Now, according to your word, I pray for them, and I bless them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. side of that card 
to write down whatever God gives you when she's finished off or while she's talking. So I give to you Jane Goodman. Yay. I have to tell a story on her. <laughs> she, she and I are short-tailed relatives. So she and my daughter married brothers. And what's neat is my husband and I had to tell both of those couples they were dating when they didn't know they were. And so then they took it seriously. Now they're married and got families. And <laughs> but uh, Jane, when, when I started doing this ministry and I shared with her, she's been like a daughter to me for a very long time. So she was a teenager. I won't say how long ago that was. <laughs> um, she kind of thought I was going off the deep end. And uh, she was in school getting her master's degree in, in psychology and family training, and, and which is, by, by the way, a tremendous asset. I learn from her every time I'm in her presence. She shows me things I don't know. I wouldn't know how to do. She's a gift to me from God personally, not to mention to hundreds of other people. But anyway, she decided, I want to check this out. And so she came, and uh, so happened my friend uh, from Colorado who she also knew was here and we walked her through a session shows you something and then when you arrive on the scene God says do this and that which was in your prayer closet was for you and then what is he changes is for us that makes sense and so uh, trauma everybody experiences it and there's two types the first type is type A which is what I like to define as a lack of things. Things that you should have had growing up that you did not have. God designed the family, husband and wife. If you didn't have that growing up, you had lack. If your parents could not provide for you, you had lack. If a parent was not emotionally stable to take and nurture you, you had lack. So that's type A. Okay. Type B, which is what we're real familiar with, and, and, and that could be physical trauma, physical abuse, um, even emotional shock, uh, PTSD, road rage. Okay, road rage is a good way to see if it is a trigger, and a trigger is an overreaction to a, to the circumstance, the, to the situation that's at hand. 
For instance, if you're driving down your car, somebody cuts you off, road rage, and you want to go after them, cut them off again, hit their brakes, or call them a few choice words, or show them a, a high sign without a whole lot of fingers. Okay? <laughs> and so, um, you know, that's a trigger because it's anger. So where's that anger coming from? Right. That was an overreaction to that specific situation. Right. And that, that's the simplest definition of a trigger that I could give you guys. But in dealing with those types of trauma, there's some things that I'd like to look at. And I want to go to Second uh, Samuel. Um, let me find it. It should be Second Samuel 13. And uh, pages are sticking together. Okay. Second Samuel 13. And this is talking about the story of Absalom and his sister Tamar. And I want you to look at the situation. Tamar had been raped by her half-brother. Okay? In 2 Samuel chapter 3, or ch chapter 13, verse 20. And this is Absalom, and it says, verse 20, And her brother Absalom said to her, Has Amon, your brother, been with you? Now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this to heart. So Tamar dwelt a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. Now I want you to look at this and break this down. This is a cultural thing. This is... Nothing new. Look what Epsilon said. Don't say anything because we don't want this to get outside the family. Right. So as Holy Spirit's moving, maybe there's a trauma that you experienced that took place within your family. That you have somebody saying, don't tell anybody. But let's look what happens when we don't tell. What did it say Tamar was? A desolate woman. What does God say that we are to be? We are to have life. And life more abundantly. So you see what the secret does? You see what the hiding does? It produces desolence, death, destruction. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? God, God is a God of restoration. Yes, he is. And uh, my ch I, can, I can honestly say that my childhood was really not a childhood. Um, I was probably an adult by the time I was a kindergartner. And, uh, but I think God has given me my childhood back. So with that, on the back of that card, I, you know, just write down what Holy Spirit impressed upon you when we started talking about trauma and the secret things. You know, when people try to help us and say, don't talk about it, that's not helping. You know, God's freedom is for us to take and shout God's freedom to on the rooftops. You know, the light on the hill. Let's get it out. Let's talk about it. Let's deal with it. Because when we get it out, deal with it, guess what? Satan don't have that hook that Heather was talking about. 
Because Satan can, well, you, you, you can't do what God's calling you to do because of the guilt, because of the shame, and because of the hurt. So see, that, that's another hook in the way that Satan can take and hold us and defeat us. And God say, no, child, I'm, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to put favor on you in front of all. And so it's the battle of the mind and the heart. Okay, has everybody, has Holy Spirit brought to mind that which God wants you to deal with at this moment? Okay. So this is what, if you've written it down, it doesn't have to be long, just what you need to deal with. And this is what I'd like for you to do. This is where the prophetic gesture comes in. What I'd like for you to do is imagine a box, and I'd like for you to take and hold your box. Okay? Just hold your box. And what I'd like for you to do, you can picture your box any way you want to. Everybody close their eyes. Hold your box and picture that box any way you want to. Open that lid up. And what I'd like for you to do is as you're holding that box, in your mind's eye, picture all that hurt going into that box. All that pain going into that box. All that suffering going into that box. And all the lies that we believed because of that trauma going into that box. Putting it in that box. And when you got all of that trauma, all the hurt, all the lies of where you're at right now in that box, I'd like for you to close the lid. And I'd like for you to lift that box up and give it to Jesus. And hold it up there until Jesus takes it. Because the only one that can heal the heart is Jesus. Jesus, what does he want to give you in exchange for that hurt, the pain, and the lies? Finished and God has ministered to you. Look, look up here. 
In 2 Samuel, I love the Old Testament. <laughs> in 2 Samuel chapter 9, you guys are going to have to help me with this name. Uh, all the vowels sound the same to me. So when I was doing my uh, master's degree, I had to pay somebody to edit my papers and spell check me. Because spell check on computers don't work for me. Um, and so we're talking about Jonathan's son. It's in 2 Samuel chapter uh, 9. And it's a uh, meth. Yes. Yeah. Say it again. Yes, that guy. <laughs> All right. So that's who we're talking about here. Okay. Now, now get this. Remember, we talked about family members protecting us. Well, Meshibbeth was protected by a, a, a nanny, a servant, you know, whatever you want to categorize, and he was dropped and her, his feet was injured as he were, was fleeing because they thought they were going to kill him. See, in the natural realm, that would have taken place if David wasn't a godly man because that's what the world did. They killed their enemies. They killed the, the ruling authorities, you know, to wipe them out whenever they took over. But that wasn't David. And so what ends up happening is, say his name for me. Okay, so he, he's hiding anywhere, and David comes at, after all the battles over, and he says, "Is there anybody in Jonathan's bloodline still alive?" My question to you is: Anyone in the bloodline of Jesus Christ still walking after a trauma? Answers yeah. And then David went on to say, if there is, bring him. Bring him. Bring him in. And where is he supposed to be set? At the king's table. The king, this is very important. The king's table. Okay? So God is saying to you, don't be desolate. Give the hurt and trauma to God. Let him heal it. And he wants to usher you. He wants to bring you in to the king's table for your provision, for your hurt, for everything. For your provision. From that point on, he was cared for. So from this point on, when Satan comes back, God's already said, no, she's, he, that's gone. That's covered. That trauma's covered. That hook is now removed and it's gone and it ain't coming back anymore. So stand in that authority. Stand. You have a seat at the king's table. And the hurt that, uh, what's his name? Okay. The hurt that he experienced wasn't recorded after that. He was known as one way before he came to the king's table, but he was never addressed as a cripple after arriving at the king's table. So, sore, 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 what? I can't say the word right. Sore in the spirit. Okay. Thank you guys so much for your time.
you, if you want any prayer or anything you want to ask or anything, we'll be glad to do that. Uh, if you, if any of this is stimulating the fact that you would uh, like to have private sessions, we do that. Or we also do uh, what we call Breakthrough to Freedom Seminars, where we cover some of these same things, but a whole lot more in depth. As an ordained woman of God, I want to stand in the gap for you for just a moment, which is a scriptural principle, standing in the gap for other people. And it's one of the things that that God said I could do. I, I see no authority in who I am other than who God is through me. So believe me, that's the truth. Uh, I've had to fight with a lot of I can'ts in my life, and that was one of them. But that's over with. So first of all, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want to apologize to each of you for the people who have been in authority over you or who in any way that you've known who have wronged you or have wounded yourself. I just put that blessing upon you. Until right now, together we rebuke every spirit of rejection, of abandonment, valuelessness, bitterness, haughtiness, fear, lying, error, Divination, confirming, summer sleep, heaviness. And we demand that right now, every one of you spirits, loosen yourself from these people of God and line up in rank and order. And right now, you get up and you go back to the authority that sent you. And when you get there, you tell them to fail. Because these precious ones are being healed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes! Yes! further my blessing. This day, uh, I bless the day that you were conceived. I bless the day that you were born. I bless the day that you began walking in faith in Jesus. I bless the person you are right now today. As you let go of bitterness, rejection, abandonment, valuelessness, and you seek to forgive the offenses that have been imposed upon you and caused you pain. I bless you as you walk in newness of life. And I bless you as you live out of God-given purpose. Oh, you do have. We could do a whole other seminar on purpose. In fact, we have in the past. You have a purpose. And I will, from my own personal experience and recent experience, say to you, you may think you're walking in the totality, but you're not. You're not. I guarantee you, God has more than you're willing to accept. I know that firsthand. I'm learning that firsthand. And yes, you can. Yes, you will. And yes, you must. Hallelujah.
really blessed and God is doing a mighty work. And I pray that he is pouring in to each of you. We're not going to have our breakout sessions so that we can partake of lunch. And if anyone is um, led to ask for prayer from Ask God Ministries, this will be your perfect time. I know I'm going to ask. <laughs> yes, and uh, so let's just bow our heads and, and bless the food and, and the prayers that are about to go forth and let God complete what he has started because he says the work that he has started, he will not stop. He will not stop until the day of Jesus Christ. So Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for each and every person and ask God ministries. We thank you that we're not going to let shame, guilt, or pride stop us from getting the blessing that you have prepared for us today in the name of Jesus, Father God. So Lord God, as we go forth, Father God, to, to partake of the food, Father God, let us go and have our spiritual food as well, Father God. So we bless the food. We ask that it brings nourishment to our bodies. We bless the spiritual food that we've partaken of, that it does what you have asked for it to do, O oh Lord God, and that you continue to break the yokes and the strongholds and the trauma and the unforgiveness that we have walked in with. And if we say we have none, the truth is not in us. So, Lord God, have your way and bless the food. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said, Amen. 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 On behalf of Pepziva Online Evangelistic Ministries, we would like to say thank you to Ask God Ministries. Thank you so much for all that you've given us, and thank you for ushering the Lord's presence here. And this is for you. It says, Hepziba Online Evangelistic Ministries, you shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, but you shall be called Hepziba, for the Lord delights in you. Amen. Isaiah 62, 3, 4. Yes, you give me joy, down deep in my soul. 